Hey, Rob, what do you think of our funky new football in Berkshire branding? They're great, Tom. Who's made them? They've been created by friend of FIB, Ellis Woods, who runs his own creative agency, Flair Media. He's heavily involved in grassroots football and kindly sponsors this very podcast. That's great. What else do they do? Well, it's funny you should say that, Rob. Ellis offers affordable digital marketing, digital and print branding like logos, banners, flyers and business cards, as well as website content creation and management. Go and have a look at flaremedia.online and tell Ellis we sent you. Okay, hello everybody and welcome to the Berkshire Football Stories podcast with me, Tom Canning, and him, Rob Davis. Uh, this is our pub, but not in a pub chat podcast. We're doing daily to try and keep ourselves and all of you busy during the lockdown. Uh, today, we have a very special guest in Wickham Wanderers boss, Gareth Ainsworth, who joins us on the phone. Hello, Gareth. Good morning. How are you all doing? Very well, very well. Uh, I'm enjoying the, I'm enjoying the multicoloured beard. That's uh, there's there's quite some uh, <laughs> there's some experience in that beard. Yeah, definitely. That's, uh, I've gone all Robinson Crusoe on this, uh, <laughs> during this lockdown. That's, uh, um, no, it's uh, it, it comes around now and again, but um, yeah, the missus isn't too happy. So <laughs> maybe the last was seen of this, but uh, no, it's uh, yeah, it's been uh, an interesting few weeks already, and uh, and like you say, it's, uh, it's I'm, I'm looking like I've been uh, kind of castaway <laughs> or something like that. Because <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, you already had the hair, didn't you? Of course. So uh, so the the beard is just an excellent addition to it. I I, I personally think as someone who can't grow a beard. <laughs> Definitely, yeah. The hair, the hair's always been there, you know. The hair's, the hair. Funnily enough, is from a story a long time ago when, uh, when I was at Blackburn Rovers as a youth team player. Uh, there was a centre half called David Mayle, uh, not not very famous player, but a good, decent centre half for Blackburn. And he said to me, he said to me, I'll tell you what. He said one word of advice: if you want to get noticed in football, either shave your head or grow your hair. He said because everyone remembers you on the pitch. Then, so I thought I, I, those were. I've had a few. <laughs> dodgy mistakes in my career but um the hair has stayed long for not not totally that reason i'm a bit of a rocker as well but um <laughs> it helps i think it helps <laughs> he's already coming out with the stories already i mean i'm joined with a bit of luck rob we might not have to even ask any questions i'm, I'm this this is the kind of interview that that you that you long for um now gareth i think it's fair to say that longevity is something that that one could associate with you um at wickham seven years at wickham so far uh, and also, of course, still playing well into well into your forties. Sorry, well in that might be unfair. Um, into your forties is what I meant to say. Um, so you're 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 still playing. You're still you're still managing. In terms of kind of obviously, Wickham Wanderers is outside of the kind of the remit that we have as a, a Berkshire site. But but we we include yes. you in this because I think as as far as I know, you live in Berkshire, uh, and also you've you've played in the Bracknell Sunday League, which uh, I've got I've got a couple of stories about that, which uh, which will come on to. But just in terms of we've not had a, a sort of a professional a professional football or professional manager on on our podcast yet. So just from that point of view, how are things? How are, how are Wickham? How how does that go from your point of view? Uh, how are things at the moment regarding everything that's going on? Yeah, I mean, it's really tough at the moment. You know, uh, we are obviously, it's a, it's a team sport. We're a very social group and our culture is, is huge of being together. You know, that's one of the reasons I think we do so well is uh, the team spirit we have. You know, it's not all on that. We've got some good players as well. And uh, and hopefully we've, we've, we've picked the right way to play a few times. But um, the, the togetherness is something really, really crucial at Wickham. And, and uh, I think the boys are missing it. They're, they've got them... Um, the, the famous WhatsApp groups that everyone yeah. everyone seems to have at the football level, and I think they they do talk quite a bit on there. I, I make sure I'm in contact with the players, uh, you know, on, on it's not a daily basis because that'd be overkill, but um, 
definitely every five, four or five days, I'll, I'll give uh, a group of players a call. I've, I've got um, I've got what I call my generals. I have four generals who look after the whole squad. Um, the older players, Akin Fen was one of them, Jacobson, Bloomfield and, and Gabe. And, uh, and, and so they... I'm lucky because they they run the roost over over all the players, and if there's any worries, if there's any uh, issues, and, and there will be at this time, you know, there's yeah. going to be there's going to be some worries, you know, whether it's you know the the, the illness itself or whether it's uh, a loneliness issue. But I think I'm kind of lucky. Most of them have got families, and most of them have, are either got kids of their own or, or still with parents. So I think the isolation issue is not too concerned. I got a couple that I need to keep an eye on. Um, but it, it, it has been really tough, you know, and, and you, you don't worry. There's no there's no direction, which ironically, there's a meeting today, Friday, which I think EFL and Premier League and PFA, LMA, they're all meeting today. I think there's going to be some uh, some end game to this. I think they're going to come out with uh, with hopefully a date of, uh, of a return. And, and then we've got something to focus on because as a footballer, mm. all you want is that, that Saturday. You focus all week on that game and that 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 moment and uh, at the moment we're very in limbo and, and it's not a nice place to be you know it's, it's uh, even for a manager but you know the players must be going through some tough tough times because do they train really hard do they ease off a little bit and rest uh, it's uh, it's the direction they need and I think that's what's that's what's missing the, the contact the daily contact and direction and instruction but um, you know it's safe to say we've had a good couple of weeks no no real issues, and um, and I've been in constant contact with the the, the new chairman from New Orleans, Rob Keurig. He's been fantastic, um, and he's backing us through this this tough time. So, no, we're proud of the boys. Uh, but yeah, unprecedented. Nobody's been through this before, so it's uh, it's a test for everybody. Uh, how hands on can you be in terms of uh, training and sort of management with the team? You say there you're talking to them every uh, five days or so, but they're all there with their own training programs and uh, yeah. how intense can you go over um, these periods when, like you say, you don't necessarily have sort of an end in sight at the moment anyway? Yeah, it, it's tough, you know, it is because um, the uh, the hands-on approach is what football is about, you know, that it's the team yeah. togetherness and, and, the, and they're pushing each other. Um, you know, I've seen videos, I've seen the, the clips that the boys have been doing online of, of what, they, what they've been up to and, and it, it's hard, but I, I was a footballer, you know, for for professional for a long time and it's so difficult to repli- replicate that that training day at home you just can't do it the, whether it's a motivation whether it's a realism um, the competitive aspects of it is what's missing because we, we're not allowed to be within so many metres of people there's no big groups there's no competition allowed so um, that's what that's what you miss as a player that competitive aspects of things and uh, you ask any footballer what they miss most you know, a lot of them will, will say, oh, the banter in the dressing room or, you know, retired footballers. Really, if you really look deep into it, and I've done this myself, the reason I still play on a, on, on a level that I do is the competitiveness. I just, I, you want to win. You, it's in you, you know, that, that getting past somebody or getting the ball or doing something. And, and I think that's the biggest thing they're going to miss at the moment. So very hard to, to put a rule over that, that um, hands-on approach at the moment. You you've sort of answered the question there that that I was I was just going to ask you Gareth about kind of you must be as as still playing yourself you must be missing that that competitive side of it yourself as well so I in that I just wanted to dial it sort of back a bit because obviously yeah. you you finished your playing career at Wickham 
uh, and then and then you kind of obviously you moved. Was it was it player manager for a little while? Is that right? Yeah, it was player manager for a couple of years. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and you had I think according to Wikipedia, where I do all my research, you had two caretaker spells at QPR. Yeah, that's true. That's pri- right, yeah. Prior to that, um, when when did you when did you sort of retire as a professional footballer? Um, well, I, I really retired at the end of um, the the season that we almost went out of the football league. So that was uh, I was. 40, 41, I think, just coming up to my 41st birthday, we were away at Torquay. We had to win to stay in the football league. I was on the bench that day. Um, so I'd, I'd really made a you know a conscious decision to, uh, to still be involved. I knew I had something to give to the club. I had plenty to offer. Um, I did make one appearance in the... Uh, I, I can't remember what it was called then, the checker trade or the, yeah. the leasing.com. When I was 43, I made one appearance at, at Northampton. And actually assisted mm. at all, which was great. So that was a that was a, a cameo rather than re- resurrecting the career. So really, forty one um, was when I retired from professional football. So being in it from sixteen, you know, it's a is a great stint, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm really really proud of what I did. And uh, and and so yeah, it was uh, it, it was uh, then that I thought, can I do without football? And uh, no is the answer, and hence <laughs> why I've been around the box. You've seen playing football. Yeah. Um, so, how did you end up? How did you end up playing for Finchampstead? Because you you played uh, for Finchampstead Sunday, the Sunday team in in the Bracknell Town and District yeah. Sunday League. Um, I just just be, sorry, just before I ask you anything, I, I just um, I wanted to just you you won't you won't be aware of this, but I I used to play for Bracknell Mannix reserves, and you will have you oh, would right. have played a, 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 a I, I'm Mannix, yeah, I, yeah, days, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm terrible. I'm not. That's why I was in the reserves and quite often the substitute in the reserves. But our first team used to come after playing uh, playing against Finch Stamford. They come back to the pub where we we all were, and and you'd know the result immediately because they'd walk in and they'd just go Ainsworth. <laughs> and you and you just oh you lost then right yeah quite uh, usually quite heavily but it, it was it was as, as a young lad at the time for for me uh, it, it was quite an amazing thing to know that you know there was a there was a former pro playing in the Bracknell Sunday League and and I guess at the time I didn't get it but for for you it was it was just keeping that competitive level going keep keeping playing so how did how did you end up at Finchampstead yeah absolutely I mean. Uh... I mean, the reason we ended up, we, we, we live in Finch, you know, uh, and I love the place. And, and I mean, the story of that is uh, when I was at QPR as a, as a player, um, we uh, we were living in West London and um, and we had uh, our, our son, uh, myself and Donna, um, and, and we, we just made the decision that uh, we didn't really want to stay in London with the kids as a, as, a, as, a, as a couple. But with the kids, it was, we really wanted to... Uh, to get out of London with kids, and uh, and being totally honest, we we ended up looking out Ascot, Windsor way. Um, we had no connection, but we knew they were nice places. And then every time we looked on the internet and searched these houses, this this place called Finchampstead flashed up, and there's some lovely properties in Finchampstead. I mean, you could get a lot more for your money in Finchampstead. So yeah. we, we thought, we thought, you know, why why not? Let's let's. Uh, Let's have a look at this place, and and so we went there, and we just fell in love with the place, Walking and Finchampstead, and that was when I was at QPR. Moved to Wickham, the distance was commutable, the kids were at schools, I was happy, and then the football career came to an end, and my son was about four years old by now, and um, and so we enrolled him in in the local team, which was Finchampstead. So he went down to Finch, and it's lovely grounds down there. It is, yes. Um, 
and I never really thought that I would end up playing Sunday League football. But going down there, watching him train, getting involved with a few of the, the community, and then he used to train on a Sunday morning. And on, on this pitch, that was quite a decent pitch for Sunday League. Yeah, yeah I played on it a couple game, of times. Yeah, this game was going on. So, as you are, your son's getting trained at one side, and I'm walking <laughs> across and, and looking at this game going on, thinking, you know what? I think I could still play in this. And uh, and then it was just a case really tapping the manager up and saying, I, I think actually, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to say I tapped him up. Adam Callahan, it was. Um, I think he was known for, he, he played, been at Finch for a long time. He gave me a call one day, a text and said, I've got your number from, I don't know how he got it. Do you fancy signing on for Finch Amsterdam <laughs> FC? And that was that. So uh, yeah, that's how it all started. And, uh, and I, I used to turn up on a Sunday and, uh, honestly, I loved it. I loved every single minute of it. And, uh, and the boys were great. They, they they were a good football inside. It wasn't about the going out. It wasn't about the partying. It was about the football on a Sunday. And some names like have been around, like uh, Mark Harding and Jamie Curry, and and you know some some real you know Mark, uh, Mike Starnes, who was played at a decent level. You know, so they were they were good lads and good players. And uh, and so I ended up uh, playing. I never ever took a team soak. Never. Never got involved in any of that. Just wanted to play, missed it, but finally I could play again, and it was a it was a fantastic place to uh, to play and, and and continue the competitiveness, like you say. Uh, so Gareth, um, I read a, the, an article, an interview with you. Uh, this was some years ago. I think it was in the I think it was in the non-league paper, the non-league football paper, uh, a couple of years ago, and it suggested you were you were sort of threatening to bring down uh, Akin Fenwa to uh, to one of the. Uh, to one of the Sunday, to one of the Finch Sunday League games, um, or, or someone had suggested maybe you could bring him down. That that's absolutely terrifying. What what's he like? I can't have an interview with you without asking about him. What's he like as a as a player and a person? As a Sunday League defender, that terrifies me. Yeah, it would have terrified everyone. Believe me, uh, there's, there's no way uh, he was he was dropping to that level. He, he he's, he's got so much to offer at the pro level. He, do you know what? He's a he's a fantastic guy, a real fantastic guy. You see this persona. Um, on the on the TV, and that's how he is. You know, he doesn't. I've never seen him uh, really upset. He's always positive. He's always enthusiastic. He's always energizing the boys. You know, you don't cross him. He's got. Um, he, he's one of the generals, and he's really the muscle in the generals. You know, I've got. I've got three of the boys who are, uh, who are quite diplomatic and quite sensible. What they say, Akin Fen was the muscle there, and what, what when they agree as a group. You don't disagree with him because of him, you know. He, he's, uh, he can rule the roost. Uh, he, he's a, but honestly, he's the most humble guy you'll you'll meet. He's if you if you've read his book, he's got a book out called The Beast, which is, you know, you really get in touch with where he's from. He was he was suffered racial abuse in in Lithuania when he started his career. He came back over. He had to fight and fight people telling him he was too big to play football. Um, he's. He's just a phenomenal player. He, he recently broke the uh, broke the league goals since Wickham Wanderers entered the league. He, he's now the top goal scorer. Nathan Tyson, another ex Barcher boy, he was he did hold the record. Akin Fen was surpassed that at Doncaster a couple of weeks ago in our last game, and uh, and he's just this. You know when he's entered the room. You know when he comes <laughs> in the room. You know he has this. He has this energy and persona about him that um, we are very close as a, as a, as a you know, as, as friends and, and we bounce our ideas off each other. I've, I've, I've probably more meetings than him than any, any other player, but it's all about checking on the squad and, and how he is and, and how his body's holding up. You know, we, we, we're really close and uh, 
I wouldn't be in League One at Wickham Wanderers and, and maybe wouldn't still have my job with that without Bayarakin Fenway. He's been that good for me. Um, just a leader. Do you know what? He he will, if he finishes football and, and hopefully, you know, we've got another couple of years coming out of him at Wickham yet, but it, when he does finish football, I could see him winning one of these reality shows hands down because he's that <laughs> Honestly, he's that good. He's that charismatic and humble. You just, you just warm to this guy and, yeah. uh, as well as being an absolute beast on the pitch that you wouldn't mess with because if he did lose it, I wouldn't, wouldn't want to be anywhere near him, you know. But um, there's some great photos of us together. There's one photo when we got promoted a couple of years ago. He's he's holding. I remember it. And his bicep is bigger than my yeah. head. <laughs> it's nice. uh, and I just, you know, he's he, he, he's been phenomenal for Wickham Wanderers and uh, and a great guy as well, a real great guy. Brilliant. Um, Changing tracks slightly, uh, yeah. but you sort of, um, come under our remit, I guess, because uh, you play for Woodley United uh, yeah. over in Reading. How, how, first of all, how did you end up there, uh, playing <laughs> at that? Great. Yeah, another another story was we. I mean, Finch was great. Loved Finch, but um, yeah. with with, a, with a, a guy with three children now. My eldest is sixteen now. My youngest is eleven, and the the two girls and the boys in the middle at thirteen. They. Sundays became quite precious, you know. I was doing, I was doing football all week, and on a Saturday we'd have a game, and then on a Sunday morning, I'd be getting up at eight thirty and saying to Donna and the kids, "Right, I'm going to go and play football now." <laughs> they never once said, "Don't do it." They knew that I loved the game, and that's my life. But I could tell that it was time then to go right, you know, just give your Sundays back to the kids. They want you. That the, you know, Donna was. We just we just wanted our Sundays back, you know. Um, I still don't mind a beer out in Walkingham now and again and, and, and we've got some good friends around here and it was getting tough for getting up in the morning to believe it. So, uh, <laughs> so that's another reason but um, I thought to myself I, I'll give this up but I, I don't want to give football up um, and one of the guys um, Luke Axton Hall who's, uh, who's again mm. in the non-league scenes um, he was at Woodley United and, he, and, and uh, Adam Barnard who you, you obviously all played yeah. off you know um, Adam said to me uh and Luke, it was actually one night in Wokingham, they said, why don't you come and play for Woodley? Um, and, I, and I thought about it and said, look, I'm not going to be able to do Saturdays, you know that? And they said, no. He said, but, you know, we've, we've John Lahan had taken over at the time. They were, they were struggling a little bit. They said they, they could do with a little bit of a, an injection of something at the club and, uh, and why don't I come down? And I ended up, I ended up signing for him, not that night, but the, the day after. And, uh, and I, I just sort of said like Tuesdays and Mondays when they have their games, it was fantastic again, and it was it was actually a few steps up from Finch. So yeah. mm. the competition then became even more intense. And uh, do you know what? Really enjoyed it. Played Langley, Marlow, uh, Abingdon, and, and and all these teams, Digcots, and so so you know semi decent level now. Some of these these youngsters and a bit of a, a bit more of a crowd. It, I really, really got my buzz back, and, uh, and so Tuesdays and Mondays was uh, if there was a game and Wickham didn't have a game, I'd, I'd be playing there, and, and you know some real, real, real good games that we had in that league, and uh, I think the league's been cancelled now. I think that yeah, they, uh, yeah, but they've stayed up, which is great. You know that was always the intention, and and uh, and we've got um, and a new manager, um, and 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 Jamie's a great guy. He's uh, staying on next year, and he's asked me again to stay on next year. So I have every intention of staying on next year. I've got a little bit of an ankle injury, which you might do at 
nearly 47 years old, but uh, I'm sure that'll be fine by by uh, by the new season. And I, I intend to keep playing for Woodley United. So yeah, great great club, Brilliant. yeah, great team. And uh, and yeah, Finch. Uh, the last game at Finch was great. Though. We we played a, a cup final against Fernhill, which oh yes, arch rivals. So had some real battles against them. Um, and to, to to score and win that cup final three one was uh, was great. I think my free kick did it. Did yeah. the rounds on Twitter as well. Which yeah, was great, so. we got older. We did. Get, Luke, Luke sent us that one. We we did get older that. So, uh, Rob, sorry, you were gonna you were gonna ask something. I was gonna ask, uh, what's it like for you being managed now that you've uh, you, obviously you're a manager at a very high level yourself and very successful. So, what's it like for you, sort of coming back into um, teams that further down the pyramid and uh, having to well uh, being managed? Do you have to bite your tongue a lot? Or do you uh, do you just uh, uh, See it no, as a complete release no, from responsibility. You know, Jamie's a good guy. Jamie's quite a, an intelligent guy, and I think he, he, I never, I will never um, say something that that would would undermine him or overrule him. But, but I don't bite my tongue. He, he 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 almost asked me and says, "Gaz, what, what do you think?" Uh, and then I give my opinion. But uh, um, it, it's great, you know. It really is. It's uh, it's great. And, Watching somebody else cut their teeth in management and seeing how they see the game, um, really do try and 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 give him a, you know, a few little pointers now and again, but nothing major. You know, Jeremy, Jeremy does it well, and you know, football is not it's, it's it's a lot about the people as well. It's about the the mm-hmm. I don't think tactics win your games. It's people. It's it's the players that 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 do it for you, and and I think that galvanizing the group and and just. I just wanted to go in and not be judged as as this ex pro who, who who was going to come and rip it up. No, I wasn't going to do that. I'm, I'm a lot older. Some of them are much more mobile than me now. I just <laughs> wanted to come in and go. I just want to be part of this team, boys, and sh- and maybe give you a little bit of team spirit. What I have in my career, that togetherness, that positional, and I'm, I'm trying to organise on the pitch. But no, it's it's really good. It gives me a real good release. I don't know if you could understand that, but it gives me a bit of a release. Not mm. to manage in the game, but yeah. playing in it. Um, yeah. Do enjoy it, you know, and I really do. So long may that continue. But like I said, I have to get this ankle sorted out. <laughs> um, uh, so we 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 did speak to to Craig McCreith a couple of days ago, and he, and he said you were you were very much you know because I, I said I said I said to him um, whenever I kind of speak to anybody in football, especially someone who might have been on the telly or something like that, or I might have watched in a in a live game somewhere, I, I always get a little bit. A little bit kind of nervous, a little bit sort of starstruck at times. But even even with kind of non-league players as well, I, I have that. I find that same sort of thing because I'm watching them play a game. I wish that I yeah. was as good at playing as, as as them. And I sort of asked him, was he was he a little bit starstruck? He said, no, no. When when Gareth comes in, he's just he just he's just he's just a player, and he just he sits down and he gets on with it. And I thought, you know, that 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 obviously that speaks very very highly of you yourself. But what and I guess what I wanted to ask you about, really, um, Jay, you mentioned Jamie, uh, uh, the the manager there. He's got he's got a bit of a different sort of setup with his coaching team, hasn't he? He's got a couple of a couple of the, the the ladies from from the Reading women's team as well. How is that is that something that, that how does that affect things? Does that and how does that change? Does that change anything for you, or is it just you know same as usual? Oh, Rachel Laws has come in. You know, she's she's a goalkeeper at um, Reading ladies, um, and again, she's got a real good knowledge of the game. Um, they don't overcomplicate things, and it, it, do you know what? It really is nice to see. It really is nice to see. I'm not one of these people who think that um, it's just the men's game. And and probably when I started 80s and 90s, that it was seen much as that now. But do you know what? 
so open and having two daughters myself you know um it's great to see the women's game coming on so much i think it's going to be huge i really do i think it's going to be right up there with the watch the leagues you know because uh there's some good quality in there. it's a different game believe me it's a different game the women's game it's a little bit slower a little bit more technical because of the, the power and the strength and the speed issues but but wow they've, they've got some real good players and uh and i think that um Lozy coming in has, has, has really added another dimension to it, you know, and I, and I think actually it puts a bit of fear in the opposition because they see mm. this, this this girl coaching us and giving instruction from the sideline. I don't know if do they not want to get beat off a off a team? <laughs> or are they still stuck in the past? And it's great for us because she, she's a she's great. But again, um, Jamie's uh, Jamie he's a listener. One thing I've always thought of uh, my my career as a manager. Um, we had to do. I, I was on the LMA diploma uh, for the last two years, and and you go into sort of yourself. You, it's a real good course about. Uh, I'd recommend anyone to do it, uh, coaching at a high level. You you really look into yourself and what makes you tick and what makes you a man. And I've I've come up with listening is is one of the key skills of, of management. It really is at any level. I think man, listening and then and then processing that information and coming out with the answers is so important. We have to listen. Um, and Jamie's great. Jamie's a real good listener. He let everyone have his say, um, and he never just over. He's always got a justification for the way he wants to do things. And and I think it's it's, it's great to have. It's uh, it's the same. I mean, semi-pro level at step, I think five or six. It, it's great to have some such good coaches and, and some some cracking players as well at that level. So it's uh, it's good for the pyramid of football. How. Uh, getting back to you personally on uh, the pitch, how has your game changed over the last few years? Uh, obviously, you know, without being uh, rude, advanced no, no, years might mean you don't cover quite as many blades of grass as you did in your pomp. But uh, so, how how uh, have you seen your game change and even develop um, whilst you're uh, uh, playing these days? Yeah, lucky lucky enough um, at Finch and then at Woodley in the early days. I, I still have my pace. Um, I really did, and and, and for some reason I, I've still got that. I can still I can still get past the fullback, but um, not as many times as I used to be able to. I couldn't do it repetitively like I used to. Now there's mm. some quick lads about, you know. There's some. So I think yeah. more positional wise um, and organisation wise, I, I you know as a as a player when I got the ball, all I wanted to do was beat a football, uh, beat a fullback, and get across him, and that's all. That was my job, honestly. It was. Uh, but now it's almost trying to bring other people into play a bit more and give myself a rest, you know, and be in the right position organisation-wise. Because like I say, I'm, I'm getting older, but I love staying fit. I love, I still get to mm -hmm. go the tackles, have the headers, get up for the headers, you know, I'm still, I've come home and, and the next day I'll have a, a gash down my shin and <laughs> no sympathy at all from, from anyone at home. But um, it's, <laughs> you know, it's part of it. And I, I think it's, uh, you know, you, you both played, so you know what I'm talking about. It's, it's that, you just can't beat that 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 side of football. You, it's, it's brilliant, you know that 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 physical side of it. Uh, so yeah, it's probably the the repetitive sprints and things that I can't do much more. Take all the set plays, which is great. Still got a good right foot. Still not, still can't kick it with my left, you know. So it's, uh, <laughs> there's, no, there's no changes there. Um, but yeah, scored scored a few goals and uh, and and still pitching in with the uh, you know with the odd assist. So that's uh, I'm really happy, but. It has, it has slowed down slightly, I have to admit. And 
Gareth, I just wanted to ask. So, so sort of your 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 kind of your your non-league, your Sunday league, your lower level career at the moment as it's going on. Are there any players that have really stood out for you? I mean, obviously, in in terms of necessarily playing as a as a pro, that that kind of thing. There's there's no kind of contest there. But just just in terms of of, of either either ability or, or or attitude and stuff like that. Any players that stand out for you locally that you've played with? Um, do you know, there's there's a there's a couple. You know, there's a there's a couple of Woodley. I don't know. Cracking goal scorer and Max Latchcock, he was a good goal scorer, and um, we had a winger Lamin who came in this season. He was a he's a real tricky got get forward play, you know. Um, some some young lads, but being totally honest, I think the step up is so big. Yeah, it really is. You know, the step up is, and there's a lot of players. Uh, even when I was playing for Finch, you know, crazily, some players you say, oh, you know, he could make it in the league, and. I, and I used to think, and I never used to dismiss it, but I used to think it's just oh, it's so so difficult to get to be a professional footballer now. It's even much more difficult than when I made it. It's so much more, and uh, and it the, the 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 levels are honestly they're they're a real world apart sometimes. Um, and I think we're seeing less and less of these non-league players now making it. You know, yeah. you're seeing these academy players developed, but. Um, you know, I think there's some who've dropped down who've had careers. I think that I've played against a couple who've probably touched the pro game, and uh, and it's nice to see those. But I've not really come across anyone who I've thought, you know, absolutely fantastic. <laughs> he's, he's he'll make a professional footballer. You know, it's, uh, sorry to say, I wish I had, um, but um, I think steps three, maybe two or one. You know, that non-league, the conference, conference south and north. I think they're. There's, a, there's, a, there's quite a big jump to that, and then there's another big jump to the professional level. It's a, it's a real, it's a, yeah, it's a real eye opener. But um, no, it's, it's, it's good. There is some cracking players, but uh, I think it's, it's all in relative to the levels. Is that because you often hear people sort of say things like? Um... Oh, if if I if I was able to train five times a week and stuff like that, then 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 I then I could make it. But it's it's not as simple as kind of fitness or or ability, is it? It's, it's there's a mental side to it as well. What just I, I suppose for an aspiring player, what do you think is more important in terms of in in terms of if if they had the the opportunity to make it, what's more important? Yeah, it's getting the getting the opportunity is really tough because I I do believe I think your first statement there is quite true. If somebody did train five times a week, undoubtedly they're going to get better. Um, are they going to are they going to get better? You know, good enough to make that program? I, I don't know. So um, I'd say being fit, it, honestly, sacrifices are, are unbelievable in professional football. They really are. Um, you know, junk food and, and I, t- I tell my kids and bags of crisps and things like that. I didn't have one for twenty years. Honestly, I was so focused on being the fittest. I based all my game on real you ask anyone who played against me i'd never stopped i was fit i wasn't the most skillful player in the world but i but obviously i, I was at a level to make that great but i'd based everything on fitness and being strong and powerful and and, and lads lads are, are that you know they are that in the non-leagues but um i think it's just that little that little x factor that yeah. that's missing on some of them that um and i have you know and there probably is one out there and i probably you know, I think there's a couple of lads from Maidenhead who, who who moved on, but that's, you know, that's Conference Prem or, yeah. or Conference South. You know, that's that's where they moved on from. I think if they could step up, maybe that there's a progression. But um, what would I put on more importance? I think that X factor. You've got to have that. You've got to have that little moment. First touch is so. When that ball comes into you, you watch the Premier League. 
that yeah. first pitch, you've got to get that right. If you don't get that right, they're going to be on you. If that ball bounces up in the air after your first touch, you watch this Prem, they go settled back. And you don't actually notice it because it's that good, the Premier League. But if you watch everyone's first touch, that ball's killed and they're ready to do the next thing. And that's the speed of the game is so important up there. And uh, and so, you know, there's uh, there's there's no way we we uh, we dismiss anyone. But that X factor just haven't seen yet in uh, in anyone we've played against. Um, Gareth, thank you very much for joining us. Rob, did you have uh, did you have something just to round off with? I have one question. Yeah. Um, so in 2014-15, you were uh, LMA Manager of the Year for League Two. What is the LMA Manager of the Year ceremony like? I mean, you must be there with Jose yeah. Mourinho Eddie, and Eddie Howe, one of the things there. What's that evening like when you get to yeah. go there? Do you know, what? it's fantastic. It really is. You know, it's uh, I think it's Groves in the House in London Park Lane, and uh, and there's an LMA Awards dinner every every year that we go to, and uh, and it's. It's all the big hitters, Pep Guardiola, Mourinho, Moyes, Ferguson, Brendan Rodgers, all there. Um, and usually they're they're all in this uh, they're in this room. All the Premier League managers they have their own little room at home. <laughs> they, they, they come out the and all all the seventy two other managers are all in this other room. But it's quite incestuous football. You do know everyone, so you speak to everyone. But on that particular occasion, because I'd won the award, I got free drinks in in the uh, in the VIP bit where everyone was and, and one of the best moments for me was going in there um, and some, somebody like Brendan Rodgers coming up to me saying Gareth Rogan on the award and I'm thinking he he knows my name he knows who I am you know that was so big <laughs> and then Alex Ferguson and David Moyes are chatting and I played with David Moyes so David Moyes sort of how are you doing how are you doing and then introduced me to Alex Ferguson Alex Ferguson oh, I know who he is and it's great that you you feel like it's all worthwhile you're being recognised by these fantastic managers and you, you're you you know you're in the same job as them and, and I can only dream of achieving what some of these guys have achieved and I, I'm so in awe of them but that moment there just I just felt a million dollars honestly Martin O'Neill presenting with the, with the award ex-Wickham manager of course and, uh, and just just a, a fantastic night, fantastic occasion, and uh, a, a real cherished moment for me, you know. So hopefully, many more to come. But if it ends tomorrow, mm-hmm. I'm a lucky guy, and I'm really happy with what I've achieved, both both in, in Berkshire football and in my professional game. Really happy and content, and uh, some great people that I've met through my career. Gareth, thanks very much. There's, there is just one final question we're asking everybody uh, just before we wrap things up. Um, no can you recommend a box set or a TV show that you're watching at the moment just for our listeners while we're all stuck in isolation? Yeah, do you know what? And it's it's crazy this that you've asked me this because yesterday, um, and I'm I'm from Blackburn, right? I was yeah. born in Blackburn and I'm, I'm from Blackburn. And I was so proud to be from the Northwest yesterday because me and my son watched three episodes of the English game um, and it's uh, uh, Netflix. It's about football in the 1870s when they first started, and how the how this sort of the the aristocracy, almost the Harrows and the Eatons, were trying to gentrify the game, and it was played by all these ruffians up north. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and if I could recommend anything at the moment um, to get your fix off this of this lack of football, that that was brilliant yesterday. So the English game, I'd say. Get it on, get it on Netflix because uh, I'm I'm really into it and I'm on the fourth episode and and you're watching games you don't know the results so you're still getting your sort of. <laughs> from that. You know, 140 years ago, I was still thinking who actually wins this and uh, and so. You get it. But um, 
But yeah, it's football links, but uh, the English game's the one for me. Gareth Ainsworth, thank you. Thank you ever so much. Um, that is our Berkshire Football Stories podcast uh, with myself, Tom Canning and Rob Davis. Um, it's our pub, but not in a pub chat. We're doing these daily to try and keep ourselves all out of trouble and keep ourselves busy. Um, and all I need to say is if you want to find more podcasts, we've done plenty. I think we've done about 21 now. You can just go and search Berkshire Football Stories on your favourite podcast app. You can find out more about local football on footballinberkshire.co.uk and you'll find us on Twitter at FI Berkshire. So all that is left for me to say is bye from me, Tom. Rob? Bye from me. And Gareth. Thanks very much, Yvonne. Thanks very much. Thanks very much.